it's like my jaw's been dropped this whole time because literally you came to piano because you got deep fried. Dude, basically, yeah, you can summarize it as that. I got deep fried. <laughs> the first episode of the socialized recluse featuring socializing i'm tyler and if you want to know a little bit more about me i've got a i recorded a, a little origin story at mini episode a few weeks back and well you know you can listen to that if you want to know more i did it to not waste time and well, here i am uh, but anyhow if you want to listen to that show you can find it at the podcast archive page parentheticalrecluse.com pod as for the music that I'm so unceremoniously interrupting, this is Intersections, the title track from the debut EP by this episode's guest, pianist, composer, educator, dad, great friend, and patron saint of 12-tone sanity, or insanity. Uh, that, that class kind of drove both of us nuts. But anyhow, this episode's guest, my good friend and fellow Berserkly alum, Although he actually graduated from Berserkly, I ran away. But he, you're better off that it went that way because, you know, the world gets his music. So anyhow, be chatting with my good friend, Uziel Colon. So I'm going to let the rest of this track play out, and then a couple minutes, we're going to get to the interview. So, oh, and if you do want to say hi, shoot me an email. It's TWW at parentheticalrecluse.com.
see the plague has been good for reunions i mean what has it been like 15 <laughs> that years that is true you know that is true you know yeah people i mean i guess by now most people are tired of it but in the beginning everybody started calling me and friends or and also yeah. me you know reaching out to people yeah you know to see how they were doing so it's kind of like a nice thing that came out of yeah. and then the everybody apocalypse. got tired of everyone yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad that was the, you know, was, we, we was caught each other in that open. Yeah, we caught each other in that window. And I, I'm glad we did because this is awesome. I'm yeah. glad you agreed to do this. So definitely, man. No, thank you. All right. So I'm going to actually start with the most important question Did you ever figure out 12 tone theory? <laughs> oh my God. That, that is the question indeed. Because, um, like, because like now, whenever I see it, you know, I, whenever I see Sudoku, I have flashbacks to that's like some. Which was it? Twelve tone, two or were were we in both classes together? I think we were, man. Um, okay. I forgot the teacher, but it was what was the name of the class? I even forgot. Hell. I just know we we had this <laughs> music from hell. Yeah. dude. I still have the book. I just remember, man. Like, that's that green teacher. cover, right? Yes. Yeah. It's so thin, but it's like, oh my god, it's like a book of of like physics and and shit like that yeah and dude i i used to have a headache when i whenever i study on for that class or try to do the assignments i'm like oh my god i can't like <laughs> yeah well if i remember uh, correctly like we we made it through by making fun of it and like all the pieces we had to write we basically wrote to make fun of it yeah man yeah it was too much you know and 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 I don't know if it's true or not because I, I've been trying to find this quote and I and I actually and I actually you know I, I, with this pandemic I started nerding out now I've been I've been really busy with all the stuff but during the beginning I started reading a lot again which is kind of cool but I mm -hmm. I was reading the the theory book that Schoenberg wrote mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of cool because it's just standard you know uh, music theory and composition like like you know classicals. Right. traditional style not into the 12 tone but i was looking for this phrase that the teacher said where schomberg mentioned that in the future when he was alive of course in right. future like music would be 12 tone like popular music would be 12 tone i actually don't know what he was you know he was i mean he was an amazing yeah, dude he, smart he, but i don't know why he was smoking because obviously <laughs> well I, I would like to be inside his head where that was like the future of music I know how how did he picture the future of music being twelve tone? I couldn't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, I, I, would, yeah, I, mean I would yeah. kill to hear like Billie Eilish do some twelve tone oh. thing. <laughs> actually, no man, it's too much. And you know, I mean, if if you want to go into the academics and whatever, and you want to compose a piece like that, that it's cool. Or if you want to use it for like a section of your music, cool. Mm. You know, it's a it's a nice resource, nice sound. But then to compose a whole piece on it, and it's, it's too much, man. It, but, I don't know. It I looks mean, as, Yeah, to base yeah. like your entire work on that, uh, your entire yeah. body of work on that, I, I just don't, I never did understand. I think I respected it, but I never understood it. Yeah, you mean true, man. That's one of the reasons why, um, you know, I actually continue studies in, in, in popular music and jazz because I couldn't. You know, I, I did composition, and I couldn't, I couldn't go and do um, 
continue my studies in composition because I knew I was going to end up doing modern music, 12-tone stuff, and I yeah. just, I couldn't I couldn't deal with that. I was like, ah, that's not for me. So, I don't agree. That actually was one of my questions. I mean, I you, you got your master's in film music and what? what am I wrong? Yes, well, technically the, the title is commercial music, but okay. it, it is it is like um it's a bit of a, a little bit of everything. It's like okay. film score, fil- film scoring, uh, songwriting, and production. Like um, okay. actually, it was cool because actually I knew a little bit of from doing it on my own, but I learned you know how to mix things and you know EQ things and like actual production inside you know, music software, yeah. uh, engineering. So it's kind of cool. It helped me a lot. So yeah, so it was more like on, on the production, film scoring, more technical end of, 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 of side of music. So yeah, okay. so I, I finished it here at, um, in, Cal, in Cal State. So it was kind of cool. So was that what brought you out to LA in the first place? I mean, from... You know, it was it was like, um, it was like a mix of a bunch of things. Yeah. So... My wife has had just finished her master's in in um, in, in media mm-hmm. studies, which is you know she studied uh, TV and film and production from mm-hmm. Emerson College. I don't know if you remember Emerson. Yeah, down from Berkeley, oh, yeah. and so she was done with that, and I wanted to do my master's, so I applied to a bunch of schools, uh, and I also in a way I feel really. I felt really boxed. I'm, I'm sure you felt like this in Boston because it's a beautiful place. There's so many opportunities, but it's really small. So I felt yeah. after a, a lot of years, I felt boxed. And, and also that I couldn't stand the winter anymore, man. So it was like an excuse. And I'm always so, so square about things. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to move to LA, I need something like plan. I need to plan something so yeah. that I go there and I have something to do. So then I applied to... Um, to CalArts, California Institute of the Arts, um, and they accepted me. So then we decided just to move uh, uh, to Los Angeles, and then and, and that was that. And then I ended up transferring to another university after that. But yeah, it was like an excuse to move to LA. But you know, my wife also wanted to try it in in the film industry, and mm-hmm. and and we wanted a, a change of scenery. So that was basically. So it was a bunch of reasons. But yeah, uh, but the one of the most important ones. I was tired of below zero. You know, I, me I, coming from the island. <laughs> hey man, I remember though that first time we met was your first winter in Boston. And I think your exact words to me were, Good God man, I'm so fucking cold. And that was and then I think the conversation then moved on to video game music. And I think our friendship Bro. was solidified right in that hallway before uh, what was it, arranging two. Probably, man. I'm, I'm sure. Yes, video game music, love it. And then, yes, it was. Oh my God, Boston, so fucking cold. Like I never, I never understood how people could function in below zero weather. Or why in hell, like people would, would back in the day, move north to a place that's below zero at some point. I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm from the Caribbean, so I, I could never get that. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm from the Great Lakes, so this was nothing to me. I, 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 I was like, I feel bad for the guy, but Jesus, I mean, you know, it'll be okay. You'll be all right. I was slowly dying, man. But then, you know, funny thing, it's like, you know, your your skin, you know, because of the of the heat and all that stuff, 
your, your skin starts drying up. So you need to like put lotion and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, itchy and things. And, and like, I never had an experience with that. So anyway, it was like funny, but you know. Yeah, that, that, that was a rough one. I understand though why you wanted to get out. But I, I understand that about Boston too, is I felt the same way. It was it, I think it's, yeah. it, it was a great place to to live for a while it was a great city to visit i i, I miss yes. it i miss it terribly yeah, um, yeah. but you know i put i did i was there about 10 years so that you know I, well and then i ended up moving back to ohio so i'm not sure i upgraded i think you, you definitely you definitely <laughs> upgraded I, no, man. I moved hey, i moved house a beautiful place right? I, I, yeah i in the in the middle of you know trump country hell uh, <laughs> So, so anyhow, I, I mean, when we first started talking about doing this, like one of the things I said was that, you know, I always kind of felt like, you know, in college, everyone sort of is, you meet them fully formed. And so they don't have a past, but I knew you were from Puerto Rico. So like, tell me about your background, Matt. I mean, so did, did you have family that was into music or, I mean, how did you, I mean, I, I don't know, were you born with a piano? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, it's my. Mom, you just my magically appeared with a piano. <laughs> a birth of mini piano. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Um, no, you know, actually, um, my family is very. You know, both sides of my family are very artsy. Okay. Um, so my, from my father's side, um, um, they were thirteen. So imagine, I had like. Wow. 13 you know uncles and aunts and they all they all sang um they paint uh they play instruments but but none of them professionally like it's just you know it was um part of their daily lives and you know hanging out as a family mm -hmm. you know they play guitar they play piano they sing they paint um my grandmother used to write songs for church um, and then from my mother's side, um, she sings really nice. And my uncle was like a, a Beatles fanatic. So he had nice. guitars. And um, so I, I grew up surrounded by music in a way. Uh, but <clears throat> I think I was the first one to actually go for it. You know, like the only, the, I guess, the crazy one <laughs> to go for it professionally. And It turned and out all right for you, though. You know, thank God, you know. <laughs> But, but yes, I guess, you know, from my family, I always saw that, but I never got too interested until I was like a teenager. And then I decided, you know, that I, I had to. So did you, you like, was piano your first choice of instrument? Okay, so I'll, t I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you the, 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 the short version of the story, which is kind of interesting. Um, okay. I was always, you know, I always... Uh, you know, my my father plays guitar really well. He never took lessons, but mm -hmm. he just self-taught and you know, as far as theory and music, and he loved music, and he's always playing guitar, and he plays amazingly well, being, you know, self-taught. So um, I will always, you know, play with the guitar. He always had keyboards, small keyboards here and there. But then when I was a teenager, so I grew up surrounded by that, but I never gave it much thought. Okay. Um, so when I was around 13, um, I was just carrying a pot of boiling oil 
just my mother was cooking. Every good story then, starts with I was carrying a bottle <laughs> of, was... of boiling oil. <laughs> uh, one of those big pots of oil. I don't know if my mom was going to make french fries or whatever. Um, but dude, I fell on the floor and Shit. all that boiling oil fell all over me. Um, Damn, man. And, and, and uh, I still have scars on my legs and my arms. Um, you can't notice them anymore. But Wow. But yeah, but I was burned really badly, so I had to stay out of high school for like for like two months. Okay. Um, actually, I even three months. I was out of school for like for like three months. So I was going to the hospital, um, outpatient, just going to you know get you gotta get them, you know the 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 wounds cleaned up, and then you know uh, it will put. Um, they would just take care of them, just, you know, make sure that they wouldn't get infected and then go back home and then I had to clean them. So in, in the meantime, when I was home, you know, there was some, I told you, you know, there was always some mini piano, mini keyboard laying or battery mini keyboard laying around somewhere because right. my father loved it. So there was this piano that it was so cheap, man, that you could only play one note at a time. If you try to play two notes, no sound will come out of the piano. <laughs> so I had nothing else to do besides, I don't know, watching TV, playing video games. And I just started to get really interested in the piano. And do I remember it was the, the demo of the piano was green sleeves. <laughs> so, so literally, I, I, I have to remember that, like, you can't see my face. It's like my jaw's been dropped this whole time because literally you came to piano because you got deep fried. Dude, basically, yeah, you can summarize it as that. <laughs> I got deep fried. <laughs> Holy shit. That's crazy. So then I, yeah. I so so learned. you, you know, after your deep frying, you, did you teach yourself or did you have a teacher or? Did you end up getting a teacher or where did you go from there? Eventually, I just by ear, I started learning songs and I really got into it. I just, you okay. know, I will play that small piano one note at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I learned all the demo songs by ear. And then I just got so obsessed, man, that on my birthday, I asked them if they could buy me a bigger piano, mm -hmm. a bigger keyboard. And they did. And I kept practicing it. And then eventually. So, um, so did it blow your mind when you could play two notes at the same time? And Dude, it was a beautiful thing to play more than one note. It was a beautiful discovery, man. But you know, it, it's interesting though that you say that about how you learn because when I listen to your, your to intersections, you always have had this insanely rhythmic approach to <laughs> piano that, being a percussionist, that I absolutely love, and it now makes even more sense where that came from. That if you learned. You know, your first muscle memory was learning it that way. It makes sense that that would be there. Yeah, maybe you're right. I didn't think of it, but I'm sure that has to do with it. And um, but little did I suspect that you know <laughs> you were deep and, fried. And you know, my, my family that was deep fried. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, that is so crazy. That is, that is so true. You can you can tell that. And then, um, uh, you know, my family was always very supportive. So uh, then the following year. Maybe like a couple of years just playing by myself. And mm -hmm. then um, since it was music, my family was very supportive. It was 
it was no other buys or whatever nothing else it was actually music so my grandmother actually bought me a used acoustic piano like okay. a wall piano yeah so then that was it man i would spend so many hours just playing that piano and learning songs um i you know i taught myself and then eventually i took lessons and i started learning more but you know i was a couple of years just playing by myself but dude i became completely obsessed with music and piano and i would just spend like dude six hours seven hours you know just playing piano non-stop and uh and i spent all high school doing that and then eventually i just decided i couldn't do anything else man like i yeah. just had to do music and and that was so that was the beginning i just and i got so obsessed man and then that's when you you know made the decision for berkeley was that yeah so you uh, man uh, I, you know, still, still, you hear from Berkeley everywhere. But back in, mm-hmm. back in the day, you know, in Puerto Rico, they actually, they would actually go every summer. So we knew who Berkeley was, and if you were into music, everybody knew what mm-hmm. Berkeley was, and everybody wanted to go to Berkeley. So as soon as I knew of Berkeley, you know, I just wanted to go there. Um, so I was lucky that by then, <clears throat> um, they went, they went to berkeley uh summer uh, like berkeley summer workshops in puerto rico um they will they will be cool enough that they will bring teachers from every instrument and they will give scholarships at the end so i was able to give you know to get a scholarship and and you know i was like i was like i th- I think that was my first i w- i had to enroll for the first year at the university of puerto rico Okay. And when they gave me that scholarship, I was like, "Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, great university, but you know, Berkeley is Berkeley. So I was like, yeah. uh, "Sorry, I gotta go." So man, like my dream came true, and I packed everything, and you know, I just left. That's awesome. Um, I had to go to Berkeley, man, and definitely, you know, it was the best so, decision I made. So, what did Berkeley prepare you for? I mean, like looking mm. back on it, what did, what do you keep with, I mean, even for me, I mean, even, you know, so I've, I, I've gone into writing and I mean, there's still stuff that I learned there that was, I think like the practice room mentality is still there for me. But what about for you? Good question, man. I mean, that's, that's a great well, question. Well, let, let me approach um, it then from another direction. What do you think it didn't prepare you for? Interesting. Uh, I don't think, you know, when we were there is when the whole Napster thing exploded. Yeah. And then and then we are we were all fucked. Yeah. You know? All it of us like, were like, Why am I here? My God, my career is it's, it's like, over before it even begins. Dude, like I'm like oh, yeah. shit. Like what are we gonna do now? And then but you know, I really took advantage of the teachers, you know, mm-hmm. friendships like yours and and people that, you know, challenged me performance wise or compositional wise you know mm-hmm. so it, it prepared me in my craft um yeah. it did damage me um in my the perception of myself as a performer because mm. um you learn so much theory and practice this and that but then i don't think they they i don't know if they do it anymore but they don't teach you well how to actually enjoy what you do and not be too self-critical yeah, of yeah, I can see what that. you play and the way you play. So 
Um, and I'll go back to that in a second because someone helped me with that. Um, okay. But then I think that and it didn't prepare me for the music business industry mm -hmm. at all. I I can see you know Napster happened, so nobody knew what the crap was gonna happen after. Right. Uh, because right right then and there the music business completely changed. Mm -hmm. So um, I was. Well, not prepare well i mean when we were in music school did i don't know that either one of us foresaw a day where vinyl would come back and overtake everything <laughs> right i'm glad right. it did but no, go yeah. on though about like you know how you got the help about the um you know oh man i do it i i just i'm you know and i was gigging teaching and recording a studio doing everything you had to do but i just hated my playing man um mm. it was so crazy and and anyway i was i was fortunate enough and i sh anyway you know i i try not to say i should have or this and that but maybe i should have signed up to the this guy's waiting list i don't know if you ever heard about charlie bonacos no um he's like this jazz legend who everybody took lessons with but he's he's not like out there and people don't know about him too much mm -hmm. but uh you know he taught like mike stern danilo perez like uh makoto sony like a lot of jazz artists um and he has such a big influence in a lot of educators that are now teaching in universities that teach his his methods you know and um forgot where he used to live he used to live north or boston anyway dude back there then and there he had a two-year waiting list wow. for you to take classes private lessons with him and he only taught private lessons so i got into that waiting list and i had to wait two years and every you know and he was the nicest person every so often i would call to check in and he was like dude you close, man. You close. You close, man. Hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then finally, you know, it got my, I got the chance two years after, and dude, the lessons with him completely changed my life. It's like, dude, it's so? like meeting, it's like meeting an actual Jedi. <laughs> so you met Obi Wan and Mr. Miyagi at dude, the same time. I, all at the same time. Yeah. This dude, you know, unfortunately, he passed away shortly after i moved here of cancer man okay. they discovered he had cancer and, yeah. and a couple of weeks after he died it was just wow. so crazy and and dude like meeting him and you can talk to people that have taken lessons with him he he was everything he mm. was music embodied in someone like and and such a nice guy humble you took lessons with him and you you thought you were the only student in the universe at the moment with him and it was just a half hour class and he was packed you know he would teach half hour classes every day all day that's all he did wow. he never put out cds out there were no pictures and photos of him anywhere no videos nothing because he said that that was his calling mm -hmm. he was meant to teach he was so such an enigmatic person you you couldn't record him or take pictures of him because <laughs> he didn't like them he didn't believe in that everything he wrote by hand he never put it out there. He never published it because he didn't want people to steal it or to use it. So now his daughter and 
and someone he chose continue his lessons and his books and his house is full of his books so he was such an enigmatic person but as far as music he had he had a photographic memory he had perfect pitch he was like the perfect musician and he had such a mind that he could take any piece of anything and just um deconstruct it and explain it to you in such a way he could see you and he knew exactly what you needed um so anyway when i met him right on the first class he gave me some exercises that i needed he told me what i needed to do and from then on i think it was a year a year and a half before i moved here to la um completely changed my life my playing my technique everything man and i see music in such a different way now and Sadly, I plan to continue, but then you know he passed away. So well, you you, uh, you brought up though that he never published anything or anything like that. But maybe to him, his students doing well in the world was his publishing. Yeah, no, so true. It's it's dude. It's it. If if you look for it, you'll find his information. But he's just it's such a beautiful life story. Yeah. Such a beautiful person, man. Like he was so. Do he knew how to talk to you directly, and you know, and and I have his notes. He wrote everything by hand. He will give you the assignment. He will write it right there in the class, and he will make these crazy drawings. <laughs> uh, maybe I can send you one so you can post. Yeah, it. man, that'd be great. Uh, he so- would draw me like saying something, or he would draw like. Um, he knew, you know, he he knew I was Christian, so sometimes. He will draw a devil and then he will just cross it with a cross. And then, you know, every week, you know, there was a couple of weeks that he keep he kept writing, uh, you know, drawing a, a devil trying to come out of the page. He was, even why, he was just funny like that, man. And such a genius. He was a true musical genius, man, and changed my life. So anyway, I So, so I what did, I mean, like, can you give like a specific example of your, your, your playing and his, and his, and, and the way he changed your attitude? Towards sure, man. Yeah, I've... So um, to start with, um, you know, up until this point, I had taken, I don't know, more than 10 years of lessons, music theory, and nobody had caught on to my back technique. I had back technique. I always had back pain. I don't know if you noticed, but I had a, a backpack, but I one of those backpacks that has wheels, um, and I will carry it everywhere, and people will make fun of me because <laughs> I look like I don't know. Oh yeah, like I, I kind of remember that. You always looked like you were going, trying to catch a plane. Exactly, I was trying to catch a plane. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it was because I had I had such a horrible back pain, man, and okay. it, it just hurt. And it was just as simple as fixing my technique, and nobody caught it. Really, and he caught it. He caught it in two seconds. He was like, "You need to do this." Uh, technique exercises so it was they were hand exercises and in a couple of weeks dude it completely changed my touch you know as far as playing in my posture so do you think a lot of that though was from you know you that you taught yourself for so long you learned what worked for you to get the notes out but he just sort of refocused it honed it very true very true but you know i had so many piano teachers and nobody caught on to it you know and now thanks to him when I have students, I see it right away. Like I see the issues and most people have it. It's, a, it's just a normal issue as far as how to approach the notes and attack the, the keys yeah. that if you don't do it correctly, there's one thing um, you don't, you don't take the sound out of the piano as you should, you know, you know, you don't squeeze all the juice out of the piano. And second, it just, it just gives you pain because you have wrong, 
use of of, of technique. So that you, completely changed my sound. So yeah. your your muscles are just being used in the wrong ways. Yeah, I would say in not the, in not the most efficient way. In, okay, yeah, um, inefficient ways then. Yeah. Yeah, inefficient because you you know people use some people have bad technique and you know they play whatever, um, but if. The, you know they're not using the most efficient way and the sound you bring out of a piano it just makes the whole different you hear it right away it's just a more more too clear and 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 then a more expressive sound and in addition to that he he will give me exercise as far as composing things you know so he helped me with composition and uh, harmonic you know uh, exercises he will give you some sort of like jazz lines or harmonic lines to practice uh, and they will progress. So you start it really basic and then you will, the lines will, you know, they will, they will progress and, and, and demand from you different ways of playing and theory and harmonic knowledge. Also study how to play chords. You know, he will give yeah. you chord exercises. And in, uh, in addition to that, ear training exercise. So he had a, very unique way of teaching your training yeah. so it also helped me a lot so overall he had a just a unique way of teaching technique harmonic uh, playing and ear training like i've never seen in my life so anyway so all that combined it just it just brought the best out of me man thanks yeah. to him you know and well i mean it was such a cool dude such know, a yeah yeah that's that's awesome i'm, I'm glad though that it's fascinating though that what you know, it, it seems like so many teachers or music teachers listen just for the notes, but they don't mm -hmm. necessarily listen to how the notes are played. Yeah, yeah. And they don't. And and, and it could cause you, know, you to look like you have to go to the airport all the time for most of your 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, my God. That was so horrible. People would just make fun. Even my wife, she was my girlfriend and she used to make fun of me, man. Like, because I would go with that everywhere. You know, I'll be in the train and I would be like. Man, it looked like it looks like a mix between me trying to catch a plane or me being like in high school that they give you tons of books yeah. and you can't carry them. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny is now that you bring that up and that you've triggered some memory for me. But you know, after I after I ran away from music school, I I worked in in wine shops, and I, that's where I oh. taught that's where I taught myself to write was working at the counters and you know, oh, between cool. I was like I'm just going to learn to do this so. But anyhow, you know, wine distributors would come in and they'd always be pulling this bag, uh, you know, a pull along bag with their wine in it. And I could never figure out why that always made me chuckle. But you have now just solved this 15 year mystery <laughs> why? <laughs> of why I suddenly had this little laugh every so often. I, was like, I couldn't figure out. I, I was like, why is that so funny? I was like, that's like. You know, one of those things, it's like, no one else gets it. I don't understand. Hell, I didn't even understand what was so funny about it. But <laughs> you've been with me this whole time, my friend. What can I say? Uh, even before we met. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're going to show a little bit of a different side of your work here. But so it's called Butterflies. But one thing was that you did mention to me that this is the one that people seem to like the most. And, you know, I... I couldn't figure out your question, which was, you know, what is it about sad songs that make people like them so much? <laughs> but but that did make me think, though, there's a Tom Waits quote that I absolutely love. And it's that no, there's nothing more beautiful than a sad song coming out of a pretty mouth. 
<laughs> so oh my god i love that yeah so maybe that maybe that's it your, your piano is the, the pretty mouth i mean there you go <laughs>
So butterflies, <clears throat> I I decided I, I I knew I needed to have something different on the album because all the songs are very energetic and very up tempo. Mm -hmm. So I needed to balance it balance it out with something slow, you know, mellow. And um, and I actually had composed this song a while back and I found it again and um, and I just fell in love with it again. And I, I you know, I decided it would be perfect you know, to uh, uh, to have a different to have a different color in the album compared to the other songs. Um, it actually has a really really you know sad story where it comes from, but the sound of it, I think, and what I try to do as far as harmonically and melodically, was to create something that was, in a way, sad, beautiful, nostalgic, but also full of of maybe hope. So that was what I was going for as far as the melody and harmony. Sad, um, beautiful, and nostalgic for what? So it came about because um, my 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 stepbrother um, okay. had a, a um, had a baby girl. Unfortunately, he she when she was you know even before she was toddler, I believe she was one or two, uh, she got diagnosed with cancer and, oh. and she passed away. Uh, oh, so man. it was like so horrible. Anyway, I said my stepbrother, but he was before becoming, before becoming brothers and related, we were best friends. So he's, he's like my brother. Okay. Um, anyway, you know, his baby girl passed away when she was like one or two. And, and that was so hard. And, 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 and she had to go through so much shit with the with the treatment and all that and in the end you know she unfortunately passed away so that hit me really hard man and, and i wanted to write something for him so i did i sent it to him um still uh still a very hard topic to talk about but you know i started remembering um this tradition from puerto rico which comes from from african tradition uh and is that when a baby dies you know uh they go directly to heaven they they're they're they you know they never did anything bad they they never got a chance to 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 sin whatever that is you know so they just go you know they die and they're just angels they go back to heaven straight up you know mm -hmm. fast track to heaven so um i just thought about a, a transformation you know um the, in the beginning the song had you know her name was jessica so the song was called Little J, but then eventually um, um, became something else. So I decided to put Butterfly because it meant like a sort of like a transformation from the physical body into the spiritual and something, you know, you be you be you become something um, beautiful mm -hmm. in the spiritual world. And, you know, so those were the thoughts that I had in my head. Uh, when I wrote it and when I decided to include it in the album. So I decided to make it something uh, even more universal as far as transformation, as far as how you can transform, you know, your pain and, and your, even your own persona from something bad, something horrible into something, you know, good. So that's what I was thinking as far as the title and as far as the sound and the melody of the song. So that's where it comes from. And then... Um, I don't know, just in streaming platforms, you know, that's the song that people hear the most. Mm -hmm. I've had even students cover it and send me videos of wow. them playing it. 
like um i i don't know there's something about that song that people seem to gravitate more into it um so <laughs> man, whatever it was you hit it spot on it's a beautiful song it's, it's thank you awesome. man. It, thank you um so let's jump a bit then from you know sad beautiful nostalgia to uh your new stuff which is you're covering 80s songs <laughs> yes so my question here is or not so much a question i can't stand 80s music but somehow <laughs> for some reason it does not actually it doesn't surprise me one bit you're the one who could make me enjoy it <laughs> and, and, and my wife has tried too and, and to get me to enjoy and I'm, i i can't and i think i think part i can't stand the 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 old school synthesizer sound oh my god and and i and i think that grates at me but but what what you did with 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 this track that shall not be heard but is available on youtube and is awesome um you pare it down to the good stuff <laughs> yeah the chords the melody and hearing it, it's like those really have some good melodies to them <laughs> so so my question then is what what made you want to do this album of 80s covers you know what and 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 thank you man thank you for saying that and 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 i actually uploaded the other one the next one um today so you might have a kick out of it okay. um so and let me know if you like it of course. oh i will that would be will. that would be the the approval of, <laughs> you know yeah. um you know i so i i dude i'm 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 the opposite of you. I just love the 80s. And I think it's, you know, since I grew up in the 80s, for me, all this music takes me back back there to a good place, you know? Especially now, since we're yeah. stuck in the house with all this, all this shit going on, man. It's just the 80s for me. It's just, it has good memories. It's a good place mentally for me to be in. And um, I actually had a project um, that I was... I was planning on recording at the studio live, you know, with musicians live, video and audio to put it out there. But of course, with all this madness, all this this crap happening, uh, I had to put that on hold. Everything's ready, man. The, the, the tracks, the arrangements, everything was ready to record. I had the studios, the people, and then, you know, I had to cancel everything. So I was like left up in the air with that and and now with all this covid shit happening um i'm like i need to do something because if not i'm gonna you know i can't i need to create i need to find a way to to stay to you know give my creativity an outlet because yeah. I, I, for my sanity you know yeah. and because i was bummed out i was really looking forward to recording these songs and putting it out there you know um i've gotten to a point where i you know I, I like to share my music, but I do it a lot for myself, you know, right. um, personally. So it meant a lot for me personally to put this the songs out there, and I, I was not able to. So I was like, crap, I'm not going to let this stop me. Um, so I decided not to use the same songs. So I went back to the 80s again to find songs that I loved. And in this time, I chose, you know, songs from TV and films that I love. Um, and I decided to release, you know, to work on one, you know, to work on, on a bunch of them and, and, and try to release one, at least one a month. So I just, you know, put out the, the second one and, uh, you know, thank God I've, 
I have good musician friends who, whenever I ask them, they're like down for it. So, you know, we, we're doing it cover style. You know, everybody records in their own house or whatever setup they have. Then, well, you were doing that they, even before COVID. <laughs> you know, that is interesting. Yes. Um, when well, I joined and, the. And <laughs> that was always fascinating to me because I was like, they were so well put together. I, I was always curious. Like, so did you, did you like do like a big group chat to record, or was it each person recording individually, or some hybrid of? You know, that's interesting that you asked. Yeah, no, before all this madness, I was you know when I joined Instagram back in the day, I saw an opportunity to like connect with people. Yeah. And so shamelessly, I just I would reach out to people. You know, I I would stalk people on instagram and if you know i like the way they sang or they play on instruments i was like hey you want to collaborate hey you want to collaborate awesome. some people got back to me others didn't but whatever and then i dude i met so they're lost i met so many people and i've made so many good friendships through instagram so i gave instagram that you know and and you know i would probably most likely have the way it happened is i would do well, it will go either way. I would tell the person, hey, record whatever you want. Let me backtrack a little bit. Yeah. I use it to meet people, but also to challenge me. Um, yeah. Because back then, I ha um, I was trying to challenge me in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I will tell them, you know, send me whatever you want, like a vocal audio track by itself or you playing whatever. And then I will get that. And then I will try to adapt to it. So make up whatever, you know, chords or whatever rhythm I had to. And then, you know, I always use software just to put the videos together and the sound together. But basically, it could go either way. Or maybe I would just build a track and then send it to someone and, you know, ask them, hey, you want to record over this? And so it was, it, it could go both ways. But it was more more for the, well, two things, to collaborate with people, to meet people, um, but also to challenge me, you know, in, in, a, in a way, how to use, because I saw, I quickly saw the need for me to learn about social media about yeah. social marketing about you know learning how to edit video because nowadays you have to learn how to do all that stuff so yeah. i took advantage of that and that's how i you know i decided to learn well i it's interesting because you know i you know i'd been writing these daily pieces for so long and i created those as a challenge to myself <laughs> amazing yeah and and, and i think you. that you know i mean I think that was one of the things we both took away from our compositional background was that idea of these weekly assignments. We would always have yeah. to come up with something new. And, you know, I, when, you know, when I'm working on a book or something, that's, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm stuck with myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, with these little challenges, you know, hell man, you're making all these realizations happen. It's like, wow. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you, man. You know, it's, you know, again, goes back to, you know, how beautiful Berkeley was, but, you know, nobody was ready to, for the future of music. So, well, yeah, you, I mean, you, you, know, you know, I've had to, yeah, adapt to whatever comes now with social media or with edit, even editing video, you know, it's like, you got to get on it. You know, well, if that, you stay. when I, when I went, so I went from music and then to writing and film. And mm -hmm. when I got this job at a nonprofit, it was right around the time YouTube started. And so, <laughs> yeah. so they came, they, one day I was just doing my little data entry job and they said, hey, do you know how to make movies? I was like, 
yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> of course, yes. yes. Yes, yes, certainly. Yes, I can do this. <laughs> but yes, but it was just funny how you just had to kind of learn all this stuff, you know, on the fly. But I do think yeah. looking back on it now is that I won't, you know, single out Berkeley is the epitome of it, but any school that emphasizes that somehow can combine trade and craft prepares you more than if it's just one or the other. Yeah, yeah, completely true. And yeah. at the same time, though, that trade and craft can come to a kind of a cutthroat feeling that, you know, you had you got it taken care of by going to see this teacher and, you know, you're 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 Yoda. And, you know, and I had I spent you know, 10 years trying to diffuse it and, you know, <laughs> yeah. nothing a, a year of therapy couldn't fix. But um, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about COVID and all that shit. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Since, man, since, what since, a man, man. Uh, well, I guess so. I want to approach it from a different direction, though, is, uh, you know, we're going to be stuck with this for a long time. I think. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think if, if like the from 2000 until 2020, that was kind of the era of 9 11. 2020 on is going to be the era of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And what, when live music comes back, and it will, um, what changes do you think will come out of it that are actually good from what it was before? Interesting. What changes are going to be good? <sighs> um hopefully hopefully people appreciate music more uh yeah. you know you're not just background two, noise yeah if there's two things that i hope people realize during this this pandemic is that um well one thing if we can summarize it it's entertainment whatever entertainment whatever you use for your entertainment if it's uh, whatever the streaming sites or music, you know, uh, it's so essential to have to to escape madness sometime and and to to let your imagination go wild. You know, it's, if it's music or if it's any TV show or a film or whatever it is. So I hope people appreciate art maybe a little bit more and uh, the opportunity to go see art live. You know, some people started doing it already, but basically it's non-existent right now. Yeah. Um, I hope people miss that. I hope people, when it comes back, people actually want to go out. Uh, I do think that um, it will take a while. Yeah. Um, but um, I hope that people appreciate artists, uh, whatever, you know, if, you know, if, if, like you, you write or make music or make films or whatever it is. I hope people appreciate, you know, artists a bit more um, and understand the importance of, of art. So I hope that, you know, I, I that's one my my one hope um, that comes out of it, and that we are. And as far as maybe the more technical political issues that that um, you know musicians. That, that the laws protect musicians in a better way as far mm -hmm. as royalties as far as um having stuff set up for 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 musicians for when things like this happen you know they, they can make a living yeah. from their royalties or um or somehow you know uh because when things are good everybody is happy and dandy enjoying music but then when things go to shit then you know we are left out in, in the blue and you know 
how do we you know it's when things are good you you need us but when things are bad then you forget about people that actually make the stuff that's helping you go by and you know and keep sanity so i hope as far as loss you know they get better and they protect musicians better is there anything like creatively that you haven't tackled that you want to interesting um creatively as far as something that i haven't done your 12-tone symphony right oh my god good man yes so <laughs> yeah so so surprisingly you know going along those lines not sure if it's gonna be 12-tone you know but <laughs> oh, thank god for that but i did study composition at berkeley yeah. uh, and actually you know let's call it traditional classical composition yeah. you know as you know yep. but i since then i've I haven't composed anything classical, traditional, or like I've just been, you know, performing and, you know, maybe composing. I do use the techniques and the ideas and, you know, where, you know, as far as finding inspiration or following, uh, you know, developing themes and things like that. But I think I would like to, you know, to tell you the truth, my dream has always been to play like a, a piano concert like a piano concerto, you know, like yeah. how they call it. Um, or maybe compose my own and then perform it. So some sort of symphonic piece, I think. Well, just I will start reaching to, out to yeah. the string quartet players on Instagram. That's a good idea, man. Am I it's as well? just, you know, I, I do know how it is. Composing takes so much time yeah. and energy. And imagine, I mean, I mean, a symphony could, you know, like it's just like a book. It's just such a masterpiece to tackle that it could take you years or months. So, it, it, it is you know, it is the written version of birthing a child. I think. It... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh my god. Yes. So I hope I can birth a symphony or a piano concert at some point. You know, I am during my lifetime. That is a dream I have. Uh, you know. <laughs> so. Okay, we're we're actually nearing the end of this, so we've we've actually made it near the end. Um, oh man, that's a sad thing. Well, you just know, keep, just well, keep going through the night. No, it's yeah, well, dude, you always have a home here, so whenever you want to come on and shoot the shit, you're more than welcome. But, um, so, like, while I, you know, I know, like, becoming a parent is a, is is a turning point for most people, for everyone who has a kid, and. You know, I, I made a choice not to have kids and I, I just, yeah. But so I don't have regrets about that, but, you know, I do. No, you shouldn't, yeah. No, but I do recognize that I am missing out on a turning point in people's lives. Um, so my question, though, about that is, has becoming a parent changed your approach to your work? You, 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 you uh, trying to ask me more philosophically or more like practical? Yes. Uh, or both? Yes. <laughs> I love that answer, man. I, I am, I am trying to ask you. I'm not sure if I'm doing it well or not, but I am trying to ask you. So, I mean, well, um, so I'll, I'll answer both. Uh, Practic in the practical sense, um, yes, completely, of course. Yeah. You have to figure out ways to do it um, because now my life is ruled by a 
two-year-old schedule um, and uh, by her demands, we shadow mine at all. So as far as practical, yes, um, it's, it's, it's tough. You have, mm-hmm. to, you have to, well, it's tough anyways without, you need to make sure you find a way to work or do your craft. Yeah. Especially, you know, if, if you have, you know, full-time job and other things happening, you, it's, it, you know, um, finding time to work on your stuff Right. It's a must and it's hard. Um, uh, when when a kid, it complicates it because they have their own schedule, which you have to follow in order to have peace in the house and um, everybody, you know, some sort of <laughs> control at some point. Right. Um, and they need that. You know, they need they need schedules. Uh, they they thrive on schedules. Um, and philosophically, it adds it adds another level of emotion. I guess okay. it's, 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 um, um, how can I explain it? Um, it's, it's a, it's a different kind of love because you have your significant other or your family members and you love them in a certain way. Uh, but then having a kid, um, it's just another layer, another layer in a, different kind of love in the sense that um it's a it's weird in a way and interesting because you see that little person and you know she has half of your dna um and she acts up she the way she acts it's and the way she looks is similar to you in some ways so it's like a weird love because it's like a love of yourself but also of someone that depends on you, um, where you also see yourself in that person and you enjoy seeing them grow. Um, and it's a love that's based also on in, in struggle because it's it's complicated, it's hard, it's difficult to understand someone that doesn't know how to talk yet, to figure out things out, the lack of sleep. So it's just all this I understand completely how it is to be tired as fuck (laughs) (laughs) and still function as a somewhat normal human being, Uh, but at the same time, loving someone unconditionally, um, but still be tired as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually, I, I, I can't think of a better way to end that one than than that with that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love someone unconditionally and be tired as fuck. <laughs> but yeah, basically that's that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got, I, I, I get that. I, I, I get that. So, all right. I mean, we. This is pretty much the end of it. But uh, before we do go, where can people find you? Where can they? connect with you, collaborate with you, say hi, say whatever. Uh, cool. So um, really quick, uh, of course, my name is Uziel. People have called me Uzi forever. So that's the name. That's the nickname I go by. I had. I just had to find a creative way to change it because, of course, there are some people that already use Uzi. Um um 
especially some rappers already there's like three that have Uzi in their names so I'm like oh my god so I can't use Uzi anymore so that's why I use my name as U-Z and the letter C okay. from my last name Cologne mm -hmm. but it's it's pronounced supposed to be pronounced Uzi it's just a different way so that you know it could I could separate myself from them right. um so everywhere I'm under U-Z-C uh music uh Facebook Instagram And then also on Spotify under UZC. Um, so my music is there and then um, everywhere, you know, under that. UZC or UZC music or even UZCmusic.com, you know. So okay. um, if you search by those, you'll be able to find me. All right. And I guess the last song on here, we're going to do uh, Time Out. So why don't you yes. why, to tell me about that one, brother? Time Out. So Time Out. It's a fun song. Uh, all the songs from the EP are sort of a mix of uh, sort of what I am, a mix of different cultures, different loves of music. Um, so this one specifically, it's it's based on a, on a rhythm, folkloric, traditional rhythm from Puerto Rico that's called plena. So uh, the rhythm is plena. It's a plena rhythm. And on top of it, it's just, I'm just having fun with the piano, just playing fast lines and uh, challenging, demanding lines um uh, and uh so that's basically it's just a fun song um, it's called time out because um actually after playing it i was always so tired so you actually need time out after you play the song because <laughs> i will always be so tired after it so <laughs> Huge thanks to my brother, my friend Duzeal, for uh, for being my first victim. Um, but regardless of that, I mean, it was just really good to catch up with you, man. I, I've missed you. I've missed you all these years. But um, but anyhow, um, so be sure to check out his work. Uh, you can find him at his main site, uzcmusic.com, and you can find him gallivanting about the internets under the handles UZC or UZC Music. And, uh, well, once I get my, once I get the handle of, uh, oh, working the knobs on this mixer, I might be able to get my crossfades a little smoother, but um, I think I might be able to pull this thing off. So, anyhow. Uh, thank you for listening. If you want to say hi uh, or scream at me or, you know, whatever, uh, email me, TWW at parentheticalrecluse.com. And until next time, please, 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 please vote. Stay safe. Be well. Wear a fucking mask. And, well... That's all I've got to say. So I'm going to shut up, turn it back over to Azil, and time out.